Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am so incredibly excited to bring you today's feature guest, Dr. John Gray. Dr. Gray, welcome to the show. Well, thanks so much. It's a pleasure. So I can hardly imagine that there's anybody listening that hasn't heard of Dr. Gray, but I'm going to give you his background just so we make sure. So Dr. John Gray is the author of the most well-known and trusted relationship book of all time, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. USA Today listed his book as one of the top 10 most influential books of the last quarter century. In hardcover, it was the number one best-selling book of the entire 1990s. His books are translated into 45 languages and in more than 100 countries around the world and continue to be bestsellers today. Dr. Gray has actually written over 20 books. His most recent book is Beyond Mars and Venus. And his Mars-Venus book series has forever changed the way men and women view their relationships. You may very well have seen Dr. Gray on Oprah, The Dr. Oz Show, Today, uh, CBS This Morning, Good Morning America. He was even on a three-hour special hosted by Barbara Walters. Dr. Gray lives in Northern California with his wife, Bonnie. They've been happily married for over 30 years and have three grown children and four grandchildren. And he is an avid follower of his own health and relationship advice. Dr. Gray, would you do me a favor and, and just take a minute and let us know, how did you get started on this amazing journey? Well, you know, I have a unique past. I was, uh, back in the days of the 60s, we were all, you know, shifting the way we looked at the world, and, and meditation became very popular. The Beatles had gone to India and to study with the Maharishi, and so I thought it'd be cool to meet the Beatles and ended up... Uh, <laughs> meeting the Maharishi and loving it and became a teacher of meditation and a celibate monk for nine years. And after nine years of, of uh, celibacy, I was very interested in relationships after that time. And uh, I stopped being a monk. I was very fulfilled in that lifestyle. Uh, and I think that I stopped being a monk because my brother was bipolar and I, I needed, meditation didn't fix that. And I, I, I left being a monk to study psychology. So that's sort of on one level, but on, a, on another level, I think what created a foundation of my success with relationships was nine years of learning how to be happy without depending on another person. You know, it's, it's almost a cliche, but you can't love somebody else unless you love yourself, and you can't find happiness in a relationship unless you can find happiness alone. And then a relationship adds to that happiness. It becomes an extra. So my tendency to be judgmental is very, very low. Uh, because if my partner upsets me or something, I can just uh, detach temporarily and do something to make myself happy. And then my heart opens and come back and, and reevaluate what just happened, be accountable. How did I contribute to that problem? What can I do about it? So it's a process of learning to grow in love, 
by looking at situations which close our heart and being 100% accountable to come back to finding love. And I look at meditation uh, in my own personal life and my ability to find happiness within and in my life uh, solo as a foundation for making my relationship with my wife work for 30 years, over 30 years. And, and it's not like everything's always perfect. That's the point of this, is that you learn and you grow through challenges and overcoming them. And those challenges... I began to um, see were very helpful to my counseling clients, and almost all women had the same issues that my wife had, and so I was very helpful in helping them understand their husbands and helping their husbands understand how to help uh, help contribute to the solution to these common misunderstandings between men and women. Hence, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Ten years emerged, ten years later. Wow. You know, I love one of the things you just said there, John, where you said, you know, when when something goes awry, you can detach temporarily, go do something to make yourself happy, which allows your heart to open so you can then re-engage from that position. That's so powerful. Yeah, it's it's to me, it's, it's simply stated, it's, it takes a lot to learn how to do, but it's... Uh, it has made all the difference. It allows us to reevaluate situations and try to understand our partners better. You know, what's interesting, if we actually look at the biochemistry of the brain and the hormones and so forth, is whenever our heart is shut down, whenever we're getting defensive or angry or whatever, uh, or cold, any of those types of reactions that are not being in love, uh, you can measure in the body one of the stress responses is occurring. Generally, cortisol levels are surging. And at that time, when cortisol levels surge, we're in a defensive position, we don't feel safe, uh, uh, blood flow actually stops to the front part of the brain where we can have intuition, where we can have a new thought, uh, where we're not going to have a conditioned response. Most of our brain is all conditioned automatic responses, but when blood flows to the front part of the brain, which is when we're feeling safe and loved and loving, then we're able to self-reflect and question our reactions and choose different reactions. But reactions are automatic. You know, certain things happen and you just get plugged in, some people call it, or a button gets pushed. And these are automatic. And they'll stay that way forever until people begin to recognize, I can change those reactions, but there's a procedure to do it. And that's through self-reflection and taking responsibility for your reactions and understanding how to let go of old patterns to develop new patterns. Yeah, that that's... I had no idea about the, the biochemistry there. That's really fascinating that we literally are, there's no blood going there, so that's not even an option at this point. That's right. And, you know, what's very interesting here is communication. I mean, like the sub-theme of Minute from Mars is how to improve communication. And it's, it's a theme that if we just talk about things, it will always work out. And actually, many times, talking just makes things worse. Uh, if your heart is closed and you're talking, uh, usually it just gets worse and worse particularly if men talk. Uh, if women, part, part of the way that, you know, women complain men don't listen and men can complain back that women don't listen, but it's not a man's major issue. It actually is a major biological need for women to express what they're thinking and feeling inside, much more so than for men, because when you're, uh, particularly when you're under stress, when you're under stress, uh, for a woman's brain, it's gonna, there's, there's like eight times more blood flow to the emotional part of the brain. She has an emotional sensitivity that men don't have due to her hormonal differences. If you look at uh, estrogen, is, a very, is the hormone of emotion. And women have 20 times more 
uh, actually 10 times more at certain times of the month and other times of the month they have 20 times more. And that's when you're prone to great romance or great arguments because the emotions are stronger. They're just, it's a woman's first stress response is 20 times, 10 times, eight times more emotion, 20 times more estrogen and than a man. And so men under moderate stress, their testosterone will go up, which will cause detachment. Then if men don't know what to do, then they shift. They do kind of a role reversal, and then they become emotional. Uh, their testosterone actually starts converting into estrogen. <clears throat> and what, what men tend to do at that time is talk. Uh, and if you talk, it only increases estrogen. It throws him, his hormones out of balance even more and keeps the heart closed. So for men, not talking is a very, very powerful thing. And for women, talking is a very powerful thing. But you can only talk and have your estrogen go higher if you feel safe and if you feel heard. And if a man is getting defensive, you should not be talking to him. And the last thing you should be doing is asking him lots of questions. And that's what women will typically do quite often is there's sort of tension. Well, what's the matter? What's going on? What are you feeling? What, what, what's happening inside? What are you thinking? And he says one thing, and then she'll question, well, why would you say that? Why would you do this? And her instinct is to ask questions because of, with two women, if you can ask questions and there's a safe listener, then estrogen levels will start to go back up and her stress levels will go down. And that's very powerful for women. That's why 90% of the people who go to therapy are women because they'll pay have somebody listen to them in a safe environment to talk about their feelings. Now, if a man does have very, very strong emotions about a, a serious loss, uh, then talking about it can be very helpful. But it, once again, only in a context where somebody is completely understanding him without any resistance at all. But for men, particularly under the day-to-day -day stresses of, the, of, of life, what men have to realize is talking often then looks like complaining and when men complain, always you can measure their testosterone levels are converting into estrogen. So they're going out of balance. So these are, you know, these are old, old ideas, actually. You know, back in the days where, where men were taught to meditate, you know, for example, in Buddhism, <clears throat> they, they, they taught men to meditate because when you meditate, you stop talking and you forget about your problems temporarily. It was a great stress reducer, but it also built testosterone and lowered estrogen. And anytime a man is angry, his testosterone is going down and his estrogen is going up. And angry men were dangerous. So, you know, they taught men meditation so that they could calm down. Uh, they didn't teach women meditation to calm down. That was very rare for women to be taught meditation. Uh, for women, it was devotion, you know, it was expressing love, it was sharing, sharing a family, and all of that was her spiritual path. So you can see these differences in the past. We have to update them all now and recognize that we have, you know, we're living in a different world, we need new skills, which is the theme of Beyond Mars and Venus, is new skills for men and women to connect. Well, John, you, you actually read my mind, because that was, that was what I wanted to ask you. I mean, obviously... Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, has changed the world. There's so many people that have been influenced by that, myself included. What inspired you to, to write another book after 25 years? Well, I do have a lot of other books on dating and marriage mm -hmm. and sex and uh, health and wellness. And, you know, there's a lot of different ranges. But this is book, Beyond Mars and Venus, is uh, an important book in that it updates the ideas of men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Men are, men are from Mars, women are from Venus. We still are very biologically different. We still have different tendencies and misunderstandings. 
But what's happened today is a, a global shift that's never happened in our historic history. It's much bigger than we can even imagine. But to have a dominant amount of women behaving in uh, men's roles, you know, there were there were the male roles and the female roles, and that promoted, you know, male jobs, for example, dangerous, dirty, self-sacrificing, difficult. These types of jobs uh, all promote detachment and the increasing of testosterone. And a man needs more testosterone, even for his brain health, for his heart health. If a man has low testosterone, he dies. He needs huge amounts compared to a woman. And so the, the culture had men doing certain jobs, and those jobs all tend to increase testosterone. And then and they had women doing these jobs that increase estrogen and progesterone. Uh, nurturing, loving, happy, safe, fulfilled, uh, these types of jobs uh, would stimulate female hormones. And, and that was what we lived in, stereotypical roles that actually the culture created to promote healthy bodies and minds and hearts. But now we've evolved beyond that to where we don't have to be limited by these stereotypical roles of interdependence. Women can be very independent. They can be on their own. Uh, they don't need men like they needed men before. So men are out of work and women are doing all the work and in a certain sense that they, they used to depend on men for. Well, that's all great. And actually it opens up the doorway for many new potentials of lasting love and great passion and a new vision of relationships when we can be whole people, meaning as a man, I can express feminine qualities and masculine qualities. My wife can express masculine qualities and feminine qualities. And, and that's good. That's where creativity comes from, is a blending of the wholeness within us, as opposed to having to shut down my feminine qualities to be a man, and for a woman to shut down her masculine qualities to be a loving wife. So, you know, we, we were moved beyond that, but when we move beyond it, we have new challenges. And the new challenges is what I talk about and how to solve those challenges. Whereas women go too far to their masculine side, they generate, while they're generating male hormones, they're not generating female hormones. Now, what's ironic, there's nothing wrong with women generating male hormones. It's the problem is they're not generating enough female hormones. And it takes certain stimulation to generate those female hormones. Likewise, <clears throat> For men, they're much more on their female side than ever before. You'll see when a man goes to his female side, when estrogen levels go up, he tends to um, have more anxiety, he tends to have more depression, he tends to have more suicidal, which is all happening. Uh, he tends to have more dependency. The part of us that needs others, depends on others, uh, is, our, uh, is estrogen. So when men become estrogen dominant, what happens is they get addicted to drugs, they get addicted to porn, they get addicted to danger. Uh, addictions are very, very high in men as well. Uh, and even in our younger generation of boys, what we're seeing is the addiction to Ritalin drugs. You know, mm -hmm. they don't call it addiction, but, but it's the same thing. It's methamphetamines and cocaine in milder doses. There's no difference. And, and then they get addicted to the video games, and, and they're all addicted to porn, practically all. They're doing it every day. It's so rampant that they can't even do a study in college uh, compare to compare non-porn users and porn users because they all use porn. And what they don't realize is this throws their hormones out of balance as well. It causes them to become more feminized. They have less ambition. They're, they have more complaints. They have greater sensitivities. 
uh, and they can't make a commitment in relationship. They can't sustain relationship. And this isn't just younger generation. This is everybody. Uh, relationships are falling apart. Part of it is that uh, if men's testosterone levels aren't high enough, they cannot bond to create a, a strong enough bond to make a commitment and sustain that commitment. These are hormonal things. And for women, they can't get their estrogen levels high enough to fall in love and bond with a man. So these, these are new challenges. I, I counsel women all the time, 40, 50 years old, and they just go, I can't fall in love. There's no man, you know, doesn't do it. You know, I'm nice men or not nice men or whatever. But I can't really make that bond or experience that fulfillment. That's on one level. And that's when women are really stuck on their male side. And then you get women who can access their female side. They fall in love with men. But what happens is once they fall in love, they become extremely needy because they've got this suppressed female side that comes forth and, uh, like a dragon, you know, just comes out and needs more and more and more, which can turn any man off. So all these subtleties and complications that are happening uh, for women, it's very challenging. They have no role models to help them through it. They don't know how to uh, elicit a man's support to help her come back to her female hormones in a way that helps her find balance. So that's what I see one of the major purposes of male-female relationships today is besides love and fulfillment and great sex and harmony and creating a family and all that, is you, you get to all that by learning how good communication skills to help your partner come back to their biological balance. So that they're not tipped over. Yeah, John, thank you for that. I mean, I hear this daily, you know, of women being aware that they're out of balance. And one of the things you said I hear all the time, I can't really fall in love with any of these guys I meet. Like, I'm just, I don't know why. Why, why can't I find anybody that's, that's intriguing in that way? So, yeah, I hear this all the time. And I know that our listeners are sitting there going, ooh, that's me. So... I'm curious, is there like, like, what's the start point? So let's say you don't have a partner. How do you start getting back in balance? Well, you know, I wish I could have five hours to explain all the details <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is a problem that's plaguing the planet, you know. Yeah. It's, not a, it's not a simple fix, but I can outline the simple fix. You know, there's, there's a direction to go in. We have to become very clear that the direction to go in, if you're experiencing some of the symptoms that I was just talking about, which every woman I talk to is, whether they're married or not, to some extent, they're experiencing uh, some of the many symptoms of being too far on their male side. And there are a few that are too far on their female side, but generally speaking, the big challenge for women today is how to come back to their female side. Mm -hmm. So what does that look like? Well, let's start with, if you're, if you're a single woman, you're probably, on your, if you're on your male side, you're going to attract, uh, you, there's two, two situations where you're attracted. You're attracted to men who are not available. And that's one thing, which is you're, you serve on one of your male sides, so you, you light up right away sexually. So some women listening have a pattern in their life of getting really turned on to a guy very quickly, and he turns out never to be available. Well, just think of that woman as having a radar with a ch with, with a that needs to be fixed. <laughs> the radar goes off whenever a man's not available. She gets turned on, and whatever a man is available, she doesn't get turned on. That's very important. 
So the man who's available that she doesn't get turned on to is the man who's pursuing her, the man who's interested in her more than she's interested in him. That is the healthy relationship to go towards. The relationship where you feel you want to pursue a man more than he wants to pursue you, it's the wrong direction if you want to come back to your female side. Pursuing energy is male energy. Being pursued is female energy. Now, once I explain that, many women, oh my gosh, this is, I've been, but these other guys, they're boring. And I go, that's right, because your radar is going in the wrong direction. And you have to go through a transition, and a transition can be scary, it can be take some time, you have to be patient with it. But what do you do during that transition? First of all, you open yourself up to the man who is safe, who's got a job, who's interested in you, and who's pursuing you. That's first. Many women, when they meet those guys, they're just not interested at all uh, if they're on their male side. The male side wants to pursue somebody who's not available. I mean, this is like amazing. When I teach my women-only seminars, they're all going, yes, yes, but I don't want those other guys. Mm-hmm. And so that's because you're out of balance. And I'm not saying those other guys right away are the right guy, but they're the perfect person to do step two with. And step two is to practice. Practice using a relationship to come back to your female side. And what does that look like? Well, you, wanna, you, you really don't want to practice uh, coming back into balance to be your authentic self if you actually met the perfect person for you. You'd be too scared. You don't want to mess that up. Practice means you're going to fall down many times. You're going to do it wrong until you learn how to do it right. So it's going to be too scary to try new things if you're with the person you think is, oh, my God, this is the right guy for me. So that's the second benefit of following the guy who pursues you, he's going to be so much more accepting and tolerant and understanding, and he's going to be motivated to work with you rather than against you or sit there like a prima donna wanting everything on his terms. You get to have it on your terms, and that's being on your female side. So step three is then you learn how to ask for what you want. You have to practice moving men around, managing men. And and that takes a lot of guts because you're afraid. I'm like, what if he says no? What if I ask for too much? And you know what? If you do ask for too much, somebody can't get turned off. So it's learning the art of asking for more until you become confident. See, confidence isn't just something you turn on. It's something you gain through many, many experiences that you're worth it, that you deserve it, that the, the guy wants to make you happy. This is the hardest thing for women to understand is that men, their greatest happiness comes in pleasing a woman. Uh, and how to communicate that you're pleased, and also how to be authentic, because when you're authentic, you're not always pleased. And so how to communicate negative emotions. So what happens for women as they start moving to their female side is this neediness starts to come up, and negative emotions start to come up, and and you want to start to complain. Well, once you start to complain, you can turn a guy off. So you learn the art of complaining about uh, sharing your feelings about your day rather than about him. Because what women, whether you're married or single, this is one of the most important lessons for women to learn. And this is straight Freudian psychology here, yet it's taught nowhere in terms of relationships with men and women. To me, it's just like the big elephant in the room. We know in psychology that if you don't express how you feel inside, you say feeling emotional reactions, and you're not able to share them and express that part of you, they build up and they build up until they become completely overreactions and they become displaced. So here's how that might look. Let's say 10 things happen to a woman during the day and each one is a 10% upset. 
Okay, so the first one is, oh, I'm late to work, 10% upset. Oh, somebody uh, took something from my desk, a 10% upset. You know, and maybe a little 20% upset here. And Oh, I got 30 messages. I can't get through all those right now. I'm supposed to do something else. That's another little upset. What happens is emotions accumulate and accumulate and accumulate until finally you come home and you're late and the dog's sick or something, child's crying. You've got 100 degrees of upset that have been building up during the day, and it will come out on the area where it's safe. It gets displaced into the child, into the dog, into the husband. That's where the reaction will come out. But it doesn't come out as a 10% reaction to some little thing that happened. It comes out as a 100% reaction. As this emotional side builds up inside, if women go to their female side, this will happen. And then what happens is then your mind will start focusing on what's wrong as opposed to what's right. Your mind looks for reasons to be 100% upset, and you go a little crazy. This is what happens. I mean, you just start reacting to things much bigger than they are. Now, back, this was learned 50 years ago and became out of style because anytime a woman reacted to anything, men would say you're overreacting. So it's politically incorrect to say you're overreacting. But the reality is, uh, anytime couples are having arguments and fights, they are overreacting. I've been doing this 40 years. They're overreacting. And why do I say that? Because after a few minutes of little understanding, they're not upset about it anymore. So here's a situation. Situation A happened. He's 15 minutes late for dinner, and she's all upset about it. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. Now, she's not upset. Okay, so what happened? This is, nothing changed, uh, but the reaction is gone. All of our negative emotions are just like little waves, and the waves, when they don't, when they're not being expressed fully, freely all the time, then what happens is they build up and they come out as a big wave. And of course, then she has an overreaction, and then a man will overreact back. He either reacts by becoming more emotional than her, or he overreacts by becoming detached. And that's what men do. That's our overreactions. As we get our feelings hurt, we just withdraw, we pull away, we punish. You know, This is how men overreact, women overreact. And we need to start taking responsibility for that. So the idea is, without just taking responsibility, what's that going to do? You, it gives you the freedom to say, how do I solve it? It's my problem, not my partner's problem. But it's going to happen. And these strong feelings come up. So then what you do is you avoid that by using this new partner you have and just say, oh, I'm so glad to talk to you. Oh, I just had a rough day today I want to talk about for 10 minutes and then be done. And then do that and talk about the frustrations, the disappointments, the feelings of anger, the feelings of fear, the feelings of concern. That's called be vulnerable and share that, which women are all terrified of, of being afraid of. That's a whole training in emotional intelligence, how to first feel it, how to share it, and do it in 10 minutes. And then let him see that you feel so much better now and thank him for listening because it helps so much. And this guy's going to fall in love with you. Men want to feel there's vulnerability in women. Men want to feel there's something we can do for you. But when you're these strong, independent women and you have no emotions and feelings, well, there's nothing we can do. And even when you do get emotional, most men don't know what to do. So you have to know what to say to get him to do it. And pretty much it looks as almost sometimes as simple as this is not a big deal. I just need you to hear it and I'll feel better. Don't speak. <laughs> and there's a lot of different ways to say that, but that's the message. So I just gave you a crash course and a lot of different directions to go in. And, of course, my new book is the manual to do it. But there's hope. That's what I can say now. And 
<clears throat> for single women and for married women who have these dried up relationships. There's no juice. There's no there's no connection. And they look to the man for that connection rather than look to themselves to open up and feel the emotion and share that in a way where a man can hear so he can penetrate into her. See, the connection can happen in two ways. And this we have to stand back and go, connection is two people connecting. So there's the... <clears throat> Many women, when they don't feel connected, they want to go inside the man's mind. They want to know what he's feeling. They want to ask questions. They're worried and they're concerned and they're what, empathetic. They, they try to ask questions and connect with him by going in. And most men will just go further and further away. And some men, modern men, which I write about in my book, will open up. And then these guys become disgusting. They become needy and irritable. <laughs> and you don't even want to be with them after a while. But that's one way of connecting. The other way of connecting is for her to open up and invite him in. That's the proper male-female connection. That's where you always have power to find that connection and to make him fall in love with you. As you open up, show him who you are. You don't just get naked right away. You have to go in layers and you open up. and you, It's an emotional opening up which will turn him on emotionally so he can bond with you. And women have to do this and have to learn how to do this in a new way. It's a, you know, it was a wonderful phrase, emotional intelligence, which I'll say that people in this society have zero uh, when it comes to what I'm talking about. This is all new knowledge of how women can open up and share different layers of their vulnerability with a man without turning him off, but actually turning him on. And this is, can be done by, without him even reading the book. That's the great news. This is women have the power in relationship to bring men forward. Men don't have that power. This is something women have to learn within themselves, the emotional intelligence to create safety to draw men in and share in a way that will pull them in. And men, are they're like, you know, and not a disrespectful way, but men are like dogs. We can be trained, and we're happy to be trained if you know how to train us. Women are like cats. You can't train them. <laughs> but, you know, a husband can't train her. She can read a book, and she can do it herself, but, you know, uh, women have the power in relationships, and they often think, oh, how do I get a guy to read a book like this? You don't need to get a guy to read a book like this. You need to read a book like this. You need to take the trainings, and that's going to help you bring out the best. Over and over and over, as a counselor for 40 years, women come in, how do I change him? How do I change him? How do I get him to do this? Why does he do that? What do I say to him? Forget about changing him. Think about changing yourself, coming back to that vulnerable woman who, when she was younger, could fall in love and be so happy and not be critical and not feel not good enough and all these beautiful feelings you have within you, but you have to be able to find them. And it's hard to do it on your own. It's easier to do it when you have a partner to support you in that process. And the best partner to support you in that process is a guy who's already attracted to you and you've done nothing to earn his love. You're getting unconditional love from this guy. You're running after the guys that you're trying to please. Forget those guys. Run the other direction. They're dangerous. They're bad for you. They're like a poison to put in your body, but they taste so good. It's like sugar. But no, you want to go on the healthier diet. Go with the guy who's interested in pleasing you, then using him for good communication skills, using him to plan dates for you that you want to do and not that he wants to do. It's all about you, and you'll gain your power to come back to the female side. And this is very scary because this is one little point I want to finish this little thing on and the sort of summary of this book is think of life like a pendulum. We're talking about balance. We want to be our authentic self, which is an expression of masculine and feminine qualities. So the pendulum swings to the masculine side, 
then it needs to swing back to the female side in order to find this balance where you have both active inside of you. The further you swing to your male side, which is more than women have ever done historically, the further they have to swing to their female side, which is something women have never done historically. And it means becoming even more, if I can put it in quotes, girly, or feminine, or vulnerable, or sensitive, which will open a doorway to either uh, greater feelings of, of dependence and needing someone. And most women <laughs> do not want to go there. But uh, this is the place you have to go, and you can go there because you can always swing back to your male side and take care of yourself. And what I'm teaching is tools to use your male side, which means use your man, give him direction, teach him how to give you what you need. Therefore, you're on your male side at the same time on your female side, being able to feel your needs, being able to open to him, and to experience this whole new part of life that women have never experienced before. Wow. That... Thank you, John. That's absolutely amazing. Priceless information. I, I, I'm gobsmacked. I'm like sitting here going, hmm, where do I go from here? Um, here's here's I, where I, I did that answer every question as I go along the way. But I'm no, sure. it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And you're right. I mean, so much of what you just referenced is in the book. And I mean, that's the resource for all the details. So thank you for that. Hello, everyone. Adam Murray here, producer of Speaking of Partnership. Dr. John Gray had so much valuable information to offer us, we made this into a two-part special. So if you like what you heard today, tune in next week for part two of this interview. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.